Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune, this July the 29th, 2017. Just this week, some alarm bells going off as it was released that uh, all three major stock indices closed at record highs. But the Dow did so only because of the uplift in the markets due to moves in Boeing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is political corruption at its highest. We all know that it was uh, released on Reuters during the event horizon uh, back on May 21st that Boeing had signed defense commercial deals with Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen. He was informed right here of the ramifications of the military deal signed with the Saudis. Don't you realize that, well, at least the POTUS made a fantastic amount of money off of those stocks? He is, after all, first and foremost, a money man, and... I did a scan of the general news after I put these two articles together, and guess what I found? Nobody seems to call him president in the mainstream news. I went to Wall Street Journal, went to Newsweek, I went to several others. They were referring to him as Mr. Trump, not the president. Hmm. Now, isn't that interesting? I'm sure I'm not the only one that's put two and two together on these items. Maybe that's why… Everybody in the investment community is, well, nervous to say the least. Now, this blows me away that it came out in Huffington Post that Outback Steakhouse was at the center of a bizarre conspiracy theory where somebody started uh, randomly mapping uh, Outback Steakhouse locations, and they just picked something to put in between the dots, which just happened to be… A five-pointed star, which alludes to the uh, pentagram, of course. Then all of a sudden, it stopped being funny, ladies and gentlemen, as this endangers thousands of people's jobs because CNBC released that shares of Outback Steakhouse had plummeted 
ladies and gentlemen, something has got the investment community awfully nervous. With that in mind, put your trades into the upright position and fasten your seat belts. The Lord your God has intentions for the future. And that path that he has chosen to create is quite narrow indeed. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is a great honor and privilege to be with you all tonight. Uh, Clinton, how has your week progressed? Uh, how you been doing this week? And have you posted anything on your website this week, buddy? Uh, you know, everything's been going well. The website is up and running again. It went down for a little bit. Uh, um, but I'm glad to be here. But, you know, I just want to say something real quick. And, and uh, with, when things are happening this this last week, um, everyone get ready for some crazy stuff to start happening. And, and that with that, we need to be very intelligent with what we do and who we support. Um, and, and I mean that, you know, even monetarily wise. Um, or, you know, just your support for an organization. And, you know, I'm, I'm completely um, appalled with what happened with the uh, most recent speech uh, that was given at the uh, Boy Scouts Gymboree. Um, I, I believe the Boy Scouts are an incredible organization that helps uh, young men uh, get, uh, you know, close to nature and, and learn vital skills. And I, I just, I'm, I felt that that was complete disrespect. So, Make sure going forward, everyone, that, that you're, you know, you, you understand who you're giving your money to, um, because as things unravel um, going forward, it's going to be very important who we support as individuals um, and who we, we're, we're aligning with as well. Absolutely agree. Uh, I remember I was working with a good buddy of mine. Uh, he was a scoutmaster, and as uh, soon as they come out, uh, in that state, uh, this was several years, years back, uh, about uh, the issues at hand that was Antichrist. Uh, he had been a scoutmaster for, I think, 25 years. He immediately quit uh, because he feared God. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't taken a look that direction as of late, but I'm sure it's went the way of of the world for sure Brian uh, how's your week progressed uh, we've had a pretty busy week you and I we've did a couple of extra shows this week uh, what's been going on, on your website um, and general uh, how's Brian doing anyway how's Brian doing uh, bit exhausted bit tired but then again I guess we did a lot of work this week uh, um, on my website, and I've only posted a couple odds and ends here, mainly just, uh, as I always do, breadcrumb, maybe a little bit of a pointer with something as far as little odds and ends within the news stories. Uh, that's been about pretty much it as far as that goes, so, and I think that's... well. What's your plans for our next show? Because you've got the reins on the next one. You want to give uh, the listeners and a heads up on what we're going to do probably, I don't know, Wednesday maybe? I don't know, whatever day we can. What's, uh, what are you thinking as far as topic line? <clears throat> that may be a little bit up in the air yet. Uh, we've been talking about doing something about the upcoming uh, – Things taking place here with Erbil as far as the uh, Assyrian and his next set of forces. But, I mean, I kind of want to point out ahead of time that this next set of forces may be a little trickier, folks, to more or less see. Because I get the strong indication that this set of forces may be 
covertly working behind the scenes as opposed to right in your face like ISIS just was. Well, I think that would stand to reason almost because that's what our secret forces do. They went from being special to being mercenaries. I mean, our 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 special forces used to be the backbone of our preemptive uh, softening of uh, threats to the United States. But no, that's all changed. That's been all subcontracted out to people who have no laws. Um, they come and go as they want. They kill whoever they want. Uh, they hit uh, any target. Uh, as a matter of fact, it can be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that their main targets are actually non-military. So with that in mind, Brian, I would think that his next set of forces would not only double their punch, but they would be twice as hard to detect. So, Clinton, uh, you've got the first uh, shot at the reins. Let's get this puppy off the ground, buddy. You know, um, as we as we go forward, everyone, um, I, I think it's important that we take a step back and, and we evaluate who we truly are. And what I mean by that is who we are as Americans. Um, I mean, if you look at the United States, uh, what we were founded on is, you know, some people say it was, it was based off of the Christian religion or that we're founded on a Christian state. Um, well, that, that can be debated. But the one thing that is true is the United States was founded as a place to avoid persecution. It was a place that people from all over the world left their, their homeland and came to the United States to, for freedom, you know, to, to get away from you know, being hunted down or killed or taxation without representation or whatever it may be, you know, the the United States was the beacon of hope. And that was, you know, why we received the Statue of Liberty from France and why we have grown to the superpower that we are today. Um, Because we, we as Americans held that true. Um, I mean, you can see that through, you know, the presidency, you know, all the way through, I mean, yes, certain presidents were better than others. And, you know, yes, they all made mistakes. But for the most part, the politicians were designed to be servants of the people and to be there for the people. When we have people in charge, leaders in charge, that no longer are supporting the people, then we we have an issue. And what I mean is, if you have any population of Americans that is given liberties or rights or the opportunity to pursue a dream or whatever it is. And then you take that away. You're not giving what we were founded on. You're not giving that liberty. You're not being there for openness or acceptance of, of everyone. You're, you're restricting. And yes, there's debates on why to do that, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is if you live in the United States and you stand for what the United States is, it's based off of freedom for everyone. And if you are willing to sacrifice freedom for one sect of humanity, it only expands and grows from there. I mean, we can see that, you know, for instance, in Nazi Germany, the, the same thing happened there where, you know, 
first of all, is one sect of humanity had their rights restricted, and then the next sect, and the next sect, and the next sect, to where ultimately everyone was affected. It's a strategy that's tried and true, and, and you can see that developing right now. So as these social issues expand, and we see more and more rights being taken away, we, we need to realize that it's, it's about all of us. It's not just about one group or who's being affected at that time. It's about all of us. And, and we need to get back to where the, the servants of the state see us as people and not as collateral damage. The, the unfortunate thing is when you have a businessman that's at the helm, layoffs and cost-effective measures are something that always happens. That's what you do. You go into a bad, you know, poorly structured business. You find where the, the needless expenses are. You eliminate those expenses to help the balance sheet. That's how a business is run, but that is not how a government is run. The, the government is designed to be there for the people. And it's not designed to necessarily be a profit generating company. But if you have someone on the helm that sees it as a profit generating company, you're going to have collateral damage. And the problem with the collateral damage is that is you and I. That is the people that are the collateral damage. And the loss of rights are one of those. You know, if it's, well, we're going to start deporting this population, or we're going to start deporting that population, or we're going to make sure this population can't vote, or this population can't be in the military. That's just the beginning. And, and that's where it expands from there. Um, and Part of the reason that I'm going into this is we, the Senate and, and Congress hasn't been able to do anything whatsoever, but they all of a sudden were able to come together almost in a unanimous way. Both the House and the Senate passed sanctions against Russia, North Korea, and Iran. And they did it where, for instance, there was only two negative votes in the Senate. They haven't been able to agree on anything, but they agree upon this. And they do it in a point to where both the Senate and the House made it to where the president cannot be them. The president has to sign this bill. Well, the problem, I mean, so for instance, like the Senate passed by a majority of 97 to 2. The House passed it by a majority of 419 to 3. How is it all of a sudden these two legislative branches were able to come together and actually agree upon something that is as detrimental to countries. Now, now as an as a American, you're like, okay, well, we don't like North Korea, we don't like Iran, and we don't like Russia. This is great news. This is awesome. We should do this. You know, and, and what, what, what does it do? You know, I mean, we, we can see that with Iran, uh, it threatens the whole nuclear deal. According to uh, the investigators and what recently we looked into is Iran has upheld the side of the bargain for the nuclear deal. They have not done anything against it. But we're about ready to break it. We, we see that from a Russia standpoint, Russia is planning on doing retaliation against the United States because of the sanctions. But also the European Union. Europe is looking to do retaliation against the United States because they're saying that what these sanctions are going to do against Russia are going to so negatively impact Europe that Europe is going to have to do something in retaliation to the United States. It says, you know, this is from The Intercept. 
Um, it says a memo obtained from Brussels by the Financial Times said the EU should uh, stand ready to act within days if the bill was adapted within EU concern uh, taken into without the EU, EU concern taken into account. So basically, it's already passed the Senate, already passed the House. The president already said he's going to sign it, and the EU said that within days we're going to see retaliation measures against them. The French foreign minister came out and said these sanctions appear to in, uh, violate international law and that the European Union would have to respond due to the impact on its firms. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. I mean, uh, Germany came out and said that these new sanctions against Russia may have a negative impact on Europe's energy security and hurt the German economy, adding that uh, they appear to be in American favor firm, or American firms' favor. So basically, the sanctions are put together to impact American businesses in a positive way at the sacrifice of European businesses. Um, German uh, Prime Minister or the Foreign Minister spokesman Martin Schaefer went on and says, in our opinion, it is not in the Americans' right to judge or stipulate which way European companies may engage in cooperation with any third parties, particularly with Russia energy companies. So here it is. We're, we're going into a trade war. Um, if, if Donald Trump, President of the United States, does not sign this bill, he vetoes it. It's not vetoable according to the, the statutes of Congress. So he technically can't. So he has to. So that means we're going into a trade war with Russia, trade war with Europe, trade war with Iran and North Korea and whoever else may be involved. If he vetoes it, then they go after him and say he's involved with Russia, in cahoots with Russia, and that's why he vetoed it. So either way, it's on. This economic crisis that we're about ready to experience, we're going to see it heightened because this is just going to make global trade come to a standstill. Now, I came across an interview from Max Kaiser, um, and I've listened to him for years, and he, he tends to be you know, fairly, fairly on with what he says. But this is a quote from him. Um, Germany is not going to go along with American sanctions, quite obviously. They are just pushing Germany into the arms of Russia. Then you've got enormous access of power to Germany, Russia, and China. And they're going to get out of the U.S. dollar. So then gasoline in America suddenly goes to $10, $11, $12 a gallon. How is this going to help the American economy if the U.S. dollar loses its position as the reserve currency? That's, that's not out of reason what he just said. Germany's very upset. We've already pushed ourselves away from the European Union. We've already aligned ourselves with the U.K. and trying to help them with Brexit, but not really helping them with Brexit. We're more isolating ourselves. And now we're pushing Germany directly in the hands of Russia, China, and the access that we don't want to have. So, so how is this beneficial to us? Well, we're going to restructure everything so that way, you know, we make uh, uh, everything better for America. Well, not necessarily. And I, the reason I say that is, well, we know that the dollar is on its way out, and it's a mathematical certainty it's on its way out. And so what are they going to replace it with? Well, we've been talking about this universal income for quite a while, and it came out uh, today, I think it was, 
that India is seriously considering going to a universal income. And what's why, why put the universal income in place? Um, and we talked about this a little bit on the special broadcast on Monday um, about this company, this IT company up in Wisconsin that is starting to implement computer chips. Now, why is that important? Well, when you throw in the banking sector, you throw in business and you throw in this universal income and the refugee crisis, it starts to make sense. And, and the reason I say this, I came across an article from Fortune magazine and the title of it is Microsoft and Accenture Unveil Global ID System for Refugees. I just want to spend a little bit of time just going through this article. Uh, Americans can show all sorts of documents, such as social security cards and diplomas, to show who they are. But for those countries torn apart by war or political chaos, it is much harder to prove their identity. That's why a new software tool unveiled on Monday at the United Nations is a big deal. It will let millions of refugees and others without documents wipe or, uh, wipe out a phone and other device to quickly show who they are and where they came from. The tool developed um, in part by Microsoft and Accenture combines biometric data like a fingerprint or an iris scan and a new form of record keeping technology known as blockchain to create a permanent identity. Um, approximately one sixth of the world's population cannot participate in cultural, political, economic and social life because they lack the most basic information. Documented proof of their existence, established identity is critical to accessing a wide range of activity, activities, including education, healthcare, voting, banking, mobile communications, housing, and family and healthcare benefits, Accenture is named in the news release. Um, the company has been working on a new system uh, since last year and unveiled, it, uh, unveiled the prototype at the summit in New York called the United Nations ID 2020. If you guys haven't looked into that, I recommend you check it out. Um, here's a picture, and it goes on, shows that. Uh, digital ID is a basic human right, says David Trent, the managing director at Accenture. Um, he likens the new ID technology to the internet naming system that's given a unique address to every given website. The new ID system is basically promising because of blockchain technology, which provides critical privacy features and allies obvious concerns with the system being abused by all known global governments. Blockchain is a tamper-proof ledger system run across multiple computer systems. Once a certain number of computers can form a given piece of information, such as financial transactions, or in, in this case, an identification tool, the fact uh, is recorded as a permanent record in the chain. In the case of a new global ID system, it works by storing personal information in such a way that the person who owns it is the only uh, one that owns or the only owns who grants the access to it. So basically the person that owns it has access to it. Um, other entities such as the organization or a school can share relevant records tied to the person and write it in the blockchain, but the person controls who else sees it. So you only give permission to who you want to. Um, they go on to explain, you know, that this is, it just goes on and says, um, the cryptology helps ensure that the organizations who act as a person's ID records can only do so for purpose of authentication, confirming that they are who they say they are and not for tracking them or getting access to their data. Microsoft's main co contribution to the project is applying computerized infrastructure through its Azure Accounting uh, Cloud Service. The company also works closely with Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. 
an open source software group that develops blockchain standards. If you guys haven't looked into Ethereum, Ethereum is, is uh, one of these new cryptocurrencies, kind of like Bitcoin, but Ethereum is, seems to be the, the one of choice that's kind of rising and is tied to this ID system. So that's the one to look into if you guys haven't seen. Um, it ends with a censor, uh, which causes waves last year by proposing a, a system to edit blockchains, predicted the ID system will be in you soon, but as of yet hasn't identified the target for its adoption. So basically, they're already moving towards a biometric blockchain technology that, that monitors and tracks every human being. And you're given an ID number that is only your ID number that everything you do is going to be stored. If you're a refugee. You know, just, just, just the refugees, not, not, not all of us. So they, they wouldn't do that. But, but you know, it's, that's how it starts. It starts with where there's a need and then it expands to everyone. So, you know, there may be dis uh, disapproving views on if this technology is the mark of the beast or something like that. But the fact of it, the matter is it's very invasive and it's, it's moving the world into a global society to where everything is tracked. Everything is being watched. Um, the last two little articles I want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, is we, we see all the violence that's growing on the Temple Mount and, and between Israel and, and the Arab world and how it, it just keeps spreading and growing and growing. And it's, you know, there's reports where, um, you know, the leader of Turkey is telling the Arab world to rush to, you know, the, the mosque that's located at the Temple Mount, that it's under attack and they need to show their support and have everyone go to the Temple Mount. And the Jews are saying the same thing. You know, the Temple Mount is under attack all Jews need to come to the Temple Mount, you know, that's and protect it. Well, this is only going to escalate the issue. And, and with the United States now calling out Iran and Israel already not very happy with Iran being in Syria, this is just going to escalate everything. So, so it makes it to where there's more of an emphasis on this peace treaty. That, that has been prophesied about peace between you know, Israel and, and the Arab world. And uh, Al Jazeera came out with um, an interesting possibility. Um, and and they, I guess it's been, it's been around for years, but it's the first that I've heard of it, where actually allowing the Sinai Peninsula to be uh, a, a country for the Palestinians. And, and part of the reason that this is a huge push is because of the condition of Gaza. Um, Israel has been not very nice to the Palestinians. Um, it's a way to put it. Um, but they basically restricted their economy to where there's very few jobs, there's very few prospects of anything. There's hardly any water. And if it is water, it's tampered with. If it's not tampered with, but it's not very clean. Um, and it, it, it's just not a very good place to be. Well, according to Al Jazeera, uh, Gaza is, is expected to be uninhabitable in a few years. And this is according to the United Nations. Its economy has been broken by years of Israeli military attacks and a joint Israeli-Egyptian blockade. Um, its population is mostly destitute, and its aquifers are increase increasingly polluted by seawater. Gaza's rapidly growing population of 2 million is already suffocating in a tiny patch of territory. In May, the International Committee of the Red Cross warned that Gaza was on the brink of systematic collapse. So... Israel has to do something. 
I mean, they, they care very much about what the world thinks, and the UN's already jumped on them, and, and the rest of the world isn't very happy with them. Iran wants them destroyed, and Russia supports Iran, so that tells you where Russia stands. And now that Gaza's in chaos, Gaza's going to go under. They, they can't, from a PR standpoint, let that continue, so they have to do something. And this land in, in the Sinai Peninsula makes sense. It, it opens up possibilities. So it's going to be interesting to see how that grows and expands from there. Um, and the last little thing is, is just, I, I'm disturbed. I, I keep looking into Fukushima and I can't believe that there's nothing we can do. Um, I mean, it's been years since this earthquake happened and this reactor has been leaking. And I mean, there's an article that came out in the Independent. Uh, Fukushima's underwater robots discover suspected uh, melted nuclear fuel at the reactor. Um, it says images captured by an underwater robot showed massive deposits believed to be melted nuclear fuel covering the floor of a damaged reactor um, at the Japanese crippled Fukushima nuclear plant. That's that's horrible. You know, that's this is this is absolutely horrible that we have one of these reactors. But that's not the, the bad thing. The, the search for met, uh, melted fuel in the other two reactors has so far been unsuccessful because of the damage and extremely high radiation levels. So this is the one that's supposed to be okay. This is the one that shouldn't have the issues. And they found that the, the fuel is melted. Um, experts have said that the fuel has melted and much of it fell into the chamber below and is now covered by radioactive water as deep as 20 feet. So, I mean, they can't even get down into the water to remove this because of the water is so radioactive. And this is in the reactor that's the good one. The other two, they can't even get inside there because of melted the robots. And this is just going directly into our ocean. I mean, and, and they, they, haven't, they can't do anything. They, they got to shut this plant down, which takes decades to shut it down. It's not like you can just do it overnight. It takes decades to shut it down. So if, if we don't have turmoil in the political arena in the United States, we have turmoil with Brexit, where now they don't know if they're going to do it, if they are going to do it. We have turmoil in the European Union, because now they're going to be in an economic war with the United States. We have turmoil in the Middle East. We have China and India about ready to go at it. And we've armed everyone in the Middle East to the teeth. I think most people can put the pieces together to see where this is headed. It, it doesn't take rocket science. It doesn't take uh, you know, a PhD to, to look and see where we're headed. And, and you know, I, I hope most people listening to this broadcast you know, have that understanding. If you, if you haven't quite come to that conclusion, open your eyes. And if you want proof, I mean, start reading the newspaper. I mean, it's, you can complain and say, well, this news source isn't true. That news source isn't, you know, news source isn't true. But when it's everywhere and it fits within scripture, maybe it is true. And maybe it's something we need to seriously you know, pay attention to and make sure that we're prepared in every way possible. Well, I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew. Clinton, I, you know, you really said some disturbing things there. Uh, I was wondering why you didn't mention it on the roundtable we did. Uh, so, 
so this new metric ID from NATO that sent our show on on Monday, I think. Yeah, I saw it today. It uh, it came out uh, well, on the twentieth. Well, no, it's I missed it. It's back on June twentieth that this came out. So this is something they've been moving on for quite a while. Well, you're saying that they have coupled it with blockchain technology. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you understand what is being said? Here, I mean, everything he said was disturbing to me. Let me get this right. Clinton basically said that, first off, this bill in the Senate is completely illegal. You cannot write into any law that the executive branch of government cannot veto it. I mean, I don't know what planet the American people was born on, but we have three branches of government for extreme reasons. But to make it worse, Clinton says that if he vetoes it, it ain't good. If he doesn't veto it, it ain't good. This is a catch-22 scenario because it's pretty obvious that the world economy has the individual nations running around fighting over scraps, the verbiage that Clinton used. But that's what at least the emotional side of Matthew caught. And you want to take and kick a can of nitroglycerin. Ladies and gentlemen, we... And all this has the hint and the shadow of uh, true patriotism, doesn't it? Ah, yes. Of course, every patriotic American would want to hose the German economy, right? I mean, everybody knows that the Christians in Ireland, well, they're a subspecies of Christians. It's the American Christians that are the apex predator, are we not? Ladies and gentlemen, we have no interest in hindering the European economy. No interest whatsoever. But since how the entire global economy is in shambles, we've all begun to fight over scraps, haven't we? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you talk about the Lord your God putting a hook in your jaw and dragging you someplace you don't want to go. Figure it out. We first use dislocated, unfortunate somewhere else. That's what we do first. 
But you do understand if we even go close to the zip code. Of the hobos. Well, ladies and gentlemen. I just told you not too long ago about Grandpa being a hobo and... He got word back that his wife has died, so he come back, and at the funeral, the banker showed up and confiscated his house. You don't see where I'm going with this? You used the pretext to buy someone else's unfortunates. And then it will come to you. I mean, if you don't see this coming... If you don't see the states beginning to fight one with another, oh my goodness, you are short-sighted indeed. I mean, I'm already pervy privately to legislators in the state of Georgia. Does everybody aware that Georgia and the state to the north have been arguing because, uh, well, the wealthy people like to hug that river. The states have been fighting over it. They want the state line to be redivided because one state has all the wealthy people over the other one. And that's absolutely not fair. But this has been going on for several years now in private. Of course, it's been completely kept out of the news. But that's where this is going. You know, me and Clinton was talking today. (laughs) There are signs all over the place, and and you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think... The Black Friday after Thanksgiving sale is going to even create a blip on the financial radar this year. This is this is what I see happening. As Clinton and I had a private conversation today for 15 or 20 minutes, this is what my gut told me. That first, what I just referred to is going to happen. The Black Friday after Thanksgiving sales just aren't going to happen. There's not going to be Next, everyone will bide their time and tread water until after Christmas, which will be a dismal failure because Clinton has informed me, well, Matthew, didn't you know that most most businesses stay in the red until the after Thanksgiving sale, and then they make up for – all of their operating costs for the prior months, so they make all of their money. They actually get into the black on the books between the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. I got a good feeling that's just not, like I said, it won't even produce a blip on the financial radar. Come the first weeks of January, We will have a catastrophic amount of businesses that file for Chapter 11, which will be completely uh, obscured by, I'm thinking, some form of mass entertainment. I see perhaps POTUS uh, in an affair 
probably with a Russian, or maybe even a Russian of the same sex. I mean, something massive, some massive, uh, some mass weapon of entertainment. I mean, I don't know who everybody's favorite pop star is, but maybe they'll die or overdose. Who knows? At any rate, this will cause a catastrophic offset in commercial real estate as those businesses that have closed will cease to pay their rent on their business properties. This will produce a catastrophic collapse in the commercial real estate, and from there… The sun will continue by the very hour to get further and further and further away from the financial sunset that we would have all just finished watching. That's, that's what my gut tells me now. All of you know that I did not study finances. I'm, I'm just telling you that's what my gut says, and it seems like to me we're all being led down to a place of perfect opportunity for global chaos. I mean it's it's common knowledge that what we were doing in Syria until the Russians showed up… I mean, you can go to any of the major news agencies that produced a timeline, and you can plainly look and say, well, good grief, it's a good thing where the Russians showed up, or ISIS would have overrun the duly elected government. Oh, but now we're in this deeper because Russia has signed deals for military posts here and there. And, you know, let, let me say that. I am very thankful for the Syrian Christians that the Russians showed up. I mean, if you don't like that, you need to go study why I said it, because I'm telling you the truth. And I just have this – I mean, as he talked about the Fukushima Daiichi reactor… I. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't help but have my spirit scream out to me that this is an inversion of what happened to Japan in World War II. I mean because I, I don't remember how long ago it was, but they done told the civilians to go back there and set their farms up and party on. I was thinking they released that quite a while ago. You know what that means, don't you? Well, they're all going to die, and their government knows it. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what about truckers? Let's talk about truckers. Truckers have it pretty good because at the end of the day, they can always go to Sodom or Gomorrah and get jobs, and they all know it. All of them know it. You're guaranteed a trucker job in New York City. You're guaranteed a trucker job in Chicago 
if you are on the precipice of starvation. You can always go to L.A. and drive a semi. Everybody knows this. That's why those major metropolitan areas always recruit from everywhere else. There are no truck drivers in New York that was born in New York because nobody is really uh, that desperate. <laughs> me and my brother-in-law told me that uh, when he went there one time, he was just amazed because a pickup truck had welded on a dock out over the hood. And he was driving down the road 65 miles an hour, and they watched the guys jump out, take out bolt cutters, whack off the <laughs> whack off the chain on the back of the set. And they're going down the road. This is happening at 65 miles an hour. And then they create a chain, one on the end, one in the middle of the hood, one on top of the cab. They had rails welded up the whole nine yards. They were actually hooked up to it with security harnesses as they throwed – I think he said it was computers or maybe TVs. It was some kind of electronics. And they emptied out the truck as it's driving down the road. The poor semi-driver didn't even know it. I mean, in broad daylight. This is broad daylight. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's why all the trucking companies will recruit from outside of Sodom and Gomorrah to get the people to come in there and – and if you read up on it, they only last at most two months because you can't – can't. I mean norm, normal people won't, won't do that. Like I said, what about the truckers? What about when all of a sudden you have to have an ID to cross state borders? The first ones that will have to get these IDs, those involved in the transportation industry, so the truck drivers, the train engineers… Airplane pilots, you see where I'm going with this, don't you? And at that point, if it's not common sense to you to realize that at that point the federal government can regulate what states receive what, you really are daft. Because that's what we're really talking about, isn't it? Once you do that to the drivers, you'll be able to 100% control which state gets, I don't know, apples. How about penicillin? I mean, the curtain will fall. Don't you realize that? Look, Clinton has already told us before that – I can't remember concerning what topic, but basically he was saying that if the states didn't do what the feds wanted, they would just cut their funding to – you know. Um, the public schools or whatever. I can't remember the direct reference he gave to us, but that's where it's going. And now this is all tied in with the uh, blockchain. Oh my goodness, this is a revolution waiting to happen. It's not funny, is it? No, it's not. It's rather quite chilling, everything that Clinton said. And I do appreciate the sense of patriotism going around. 
But me, I'm not an American. I'm a Christian, and I was in the military. But I'm a Christian, and I act like one because I know the consequences thereof if I don't. So make no mistakes about it. Um, let me say this for sure just so you know that what Matthew's position is. Uh, POTUS is a scumbag. He has on multiple occasions proven publicly to inhibit a spirit of Antichrist. Okay? Just so you know. Now, I haven't researched every single one of them, but I don't have to. I'm sure I could pull the voting record on all congressmen and all senators, and I'm sure they're all technically definable as scumbags. Scumbag. Now, I'm sure there are islands out there <laughs> of hope of that I have no doubt because the Lord is faithful but I'm sure those don't have too many affiliations with their parties only when it is necessary because both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party well, you need to look at the voting records because they're all pretty much republicrats. There is no party system. They're just two sides of the anchor <laughs> that's lodged in the bottom of this sinking ship called the United States of America. No, really. By the way, man. My sister and my brother-in-law – by the way, my brother-in-law was Special Forces uh, stationed at Fort Knox. If you actually think that the exact same amount of gold is in there that was there back in the 50s, you're daft. No, really, you're, you're daft. Yeah, multiple times I went and stayed uh, with my sister and my brother-in-law uh, for vacation during the summers. Multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> And believe me, my brother-in-law knew all about it. That's why he was there. I mean, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I mean, I know all of you have great big hopes in this, you know, Revelation 12 sign coming up in September. But I bet everything I said on last night's broadcast going to come true. Oh, you'll know. You'll know the gig is up come about <laughs> come about November 22nd. By the way, that reminds me of something. Isn't that about the time that the sun enters the sign of the restrainer? I don't know. I could be wrong, I guess. Tonight... We begin an excursion into the book of Job. Ah, yes, pure prophecy. I hope that you do enjoy. Uh, we will be praying, uh, playing this as our breaks over the next several weeks until we get through it. It reminds me of a uh, phrase in the Bible. Well, a couple of them anyway. We'll be back in exactly 10 minutes.
book of Job, chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she-asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were ploughing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them, and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose, and rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground, and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Chapter 2 Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movedst me against him to destroy him without cause. 
And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God, and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite. For they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. Chapter 3 After this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said there is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day, who are ready to raise up their mourning. Let the stars of the twilight thereof be dark. Let it look for light, but have none. Neither let it see the dawning of the day. Because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breasts that I should suck? For now should I have lain still and been quiet. I should have slept. Then had I been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth, which built desolate places for themselves, or with princes that had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or as a hidden, untimely birth I had not been, as infants which never saw light. There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They hear not the voice of the oppressor. The small and great are there, and the servant is free from his master. Wherefore is light given to him that is in misery, and life unto the bitter in soul, which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for hid treasures, which rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave? Why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? For my sighing cometh before I eat, and my roarings are poured out like the waters, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Chapter 4 
Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If we essay to commune with thee, wilt thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened the weak hand. Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. But now it has come upon thee, and thou faintest. It toucheth thee, and thou art troubled. Is not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope, and the uprightness of thy ways? Remember, I pray thee, who ever perished being innocent? Or where were the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perisheth for lack of prey, and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a little thereof. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, Fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his Maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Doth not their excellency which is in them go away? They die even without wisdom. Ah, yes, I do enjoy Job. I hope everybody caught it because, yes, it's usually the first questions I get whenever I read this out loud in the classroom, and it amazes me how nobody realizes it until they listen to it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's try the Septuagint version. It says in Job uh, chapter 1 – that uh, he was great among the people of the East. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes. It, it is absolutely true. That is the same exact word, anatolon, in the genitive plural and feminine case. That's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. The exact case and form. After the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came magi from the east. Yeah, yeah, that same word, same thing. Uh-huh. And I imagine uh, that uh, that plays part and parcel with the very next verse there in Matthew, but that's for another time, another topic, I guess. And, you know, offhandedly, well, maybe, uh, I wonder if the Septuagint was insinuating there that that's the place where the uh, sons of God got together to hang out and chit-chat. I don't know. I could be wrong. But it's at least worth investigating. Brian, it is your turn to get into the saddle. Please do so uh, quickly before I ramble too much on and reveal too much about Onatolon, 
shall we say. Uh, by the way, the, the normal case for that is Anatolia. So, so just so you all know that. But that's for a different topic. Bye. the saddle is yours. Reveal too much. Um, we've covered that in videos multiple times, so that's ironic. I think we've already revealed that. <laughs> Nonetheless, I guess I'm done being a smart aleck for a moment. Well, I, Brian, this is let let not no wait a minute. Let's let us consider. Um, Clinton asked me a question the other day. I went back and looked, and two months ago, and this holds true. It's like two months ago, um, that episode had like uh, 118 listens last week, and when I just keep going up the list. The next week got like uh, 20 more than that. The next week, 20 more than that. The next week, 20 more than that. So, Brian, we have a slew of brand new listeners that most probably have no idea that time YouTube even existed. And, I mean, this is consistent. So, I mean, if we are having 100, over 100, and by the time... You come to like three weeks ago, we've got like 300 listens on that last week, just, just last week alone. So it was just a trip looking as I, as my eyes panned up the, the column. I was like, oh my goodness. So you realize what that means, Brian. We, we've got quite a lot of listeners that don't know that we have covered that. So um, – I don't know, you know, what the private conversation we were having the other night where you said, well, maybe we need to revisit these things and put them back out there. Well, looking at the numbers, because the only reason why I looked was because Clinton asked me. So today I checked it out again, and I'm like, you could see it. The metric progression. Let me try to explain. We had like 4,000 listens last week of old broadcasts that were older. Than two weeks old. So, Brian, I mean, maybe nobody has heard us talk about that before. I, I don't know. I mean, so maybe your suggestion of revisiting old topics may apply. It may very well apply. And, and by the way, I was informed today by one of my sisters that uh, in order to have greater group uh, discussions and group involvement, uh, I'm supposed to have a page on the social networking site. So today I opened a page um, for all of you who was wondering. So now you can find uh, In Time Tribune, uh, the page. I said that wrong, didn't I? Um, I already have a page, but now I have a group. That's right. They, they told me I was supposed to open a group. So now there's a group and the Twitter account. Uh, so... We're going to have good stuff going over there because the other one uh, that we have was private. So this group is completely open to the public, so uh, hopefully we can be doing some edification over there, hopefully. Uh, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm taking up a lot of your time. Uh, go ahead and jump in here and cover the news. I just wanted to let you know that, that we've probably got a whole lot of people listening that have never heard us before. 
Almost certainly, I know that. And, you know, we're trying to go back through and, well, for Pete's sakes, I would have to say we're in the midst of sort of rewriting everything we thought we knew anyways in light of all the events that have happened since 1899 has sort of changed our perceptions here. So we're definitely going to be sort of sliding the older uh, material and information in the midst of reevaluating everything that we're looking at. So, you know, and I guess that's um, to a degree, I guess where I wanted to sort of start is reevaluating our understanding of some odds and ends here. Now, you know, this infamous concept that we've got going on with the old, uh, you know, um, the terminology usually floated around. We've got globalism, which to an extent is one thing as opposed to what it means with this uh, terminology of new world order. You know, globalism, you know, you can break down to uh, different types of trade ties things that have happened between the League of Nations, the UN, and so on and so forth. You know, and maybe that's their ideas of what they're planning to do on a global length as far as everybody else is concerned. But look, folks, we got something else over in the corner that they use that infamous title of New World Order for. And yet, as we see time and time again, somehow everybody has disconnected the first two words in that sentence, which is new world. And it's about the new world trying to impress its way of order on top of everybody else. And, you know, I've seen some varied odds and ends coming out of, uh, you know, just varied commentators' mouths and so forth trying to state that what's going on here within the United States government is somehow a good thing because they're trying to stop the New World Order. Folks, we really have to kind of reevaluate that circumstance and look more at reality about what it is that these policymakers have been doing for an extensive period of time here within the United States, not to even mention the varied Western nations that they have been working in cahoots with to pull these things off. And, you know, for instance, we had this article that came out just within the last uh, two days. Uh, Good old Pepe Escobar released this, and I must say his his title's rather classic, Empire of Winers. And he goes in and he explains this newest... uh, document here that was just released and of course I just had uh, downloaded that Uh, let's see this new document is called uh, At Our Own Peril um, a Department of Defense Risk Assessment in a Post-Primacy World and you know as he goes on to point out here public knowledge from the point of view of the Pentagon the United States faces five existential threats Russia, China, Iran North Korea and terrorism in that order. Way beyond rhetoric, all Pentagon actions should be understood and analyzed under this framework. And yes, I would have to agree with this. At the same time, you know, especially considering North Korea and this, uh, this whole mix, 
we've had a lot of disturbing developments that are continuing to happen here with North Korea over this last week. They just had launched an ICBM that had hit either – I never did see a total report on where in the world this thing hit in Japan – um, they were saying it was in the economic area, and then they said it was off the coast. I don't know what that ended up coming out to be. But nonetheless, then threats started coming out that the leader there in North Korea was capable of hitting the United States now with nuclear weapons. So, you know, of course we see that the atypical rhetoric is starting to flare up back and forth and back and forth. And yet... You know, it's still to a stage where I've got to point out, folks, we had a Pakistani nuclear scientist that put this technology into North Korea's hands in the first place, and Western intelligence followed this guy around while he was doing this the entire time, while the United States was also using Pakistan as a proxy for varied odds and ends, like, you know, funneling weapons through to the Mujahideen during the conflict between Russia and Afghanistan starting in 1979 and going up until the point where the collapse of the Soviet Union had taken place. You know, we had things happening, for instance, after September 11th, and lo and behold, you know, they're they're searching all over for bin Laden this entire time. And at the same time, it was sort of common knowledge that he was hiding out in Pakistan. So the West had purposely put in this bubble over Pakistan, who then on top of it was allowed to intentionally go out there and create this infamous threat that we're now dealing with here in North Korea. I don't know if I can express this enough because when you understand the two infamous policymakers that they just love to play with those same policies over and over again, Mr. Uh, Brzezinski and good old Henry Kissinger. Okay, you're back to Brzezinski's idea is that if we control Central Asia, then we control the world. Where we have on the flip side between Kissinger and even going back into the whole World War I concepts – that had come about after the Belfort Agreement, Sykes-Picot, Red Line Agreement, and on down the line. Well, on top of it, we can control the world if we keep the Middle East in flames. And, you know, the perfect example of this is when they put the newest regime into Iran in power with the Ayatollah Khomeini, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, so on and so forth. And they knew that they could stoke these fires especially at that point in time, for instance, against Russia, because they knew that the religious elements within the Islamic world were not going to tolerate communism. So they flared these tensions up and used these groups to fight against the communist threat. You know, they sort of intentionally used religious elements, set up radical elements in other places like, you know, we've spoken about Ibn Saad and what was done between the Philby brothers, the the Dulles brothers, and how they intentionally put in a radical group in control in those areas. And we keep seeing the same kind of nonsense where we catch these Western nations, they've been behind the scenes, they funnel arms to these people, 
they're doing little intelligence operations mixed back and forth between the different Western nations, stirring up trouble, giving them money behind the scenes, doing the same old nonsense. And this is where we come back around to square one now when we go back to Kissinger's little tactic in the Middle East. Okay, they know now that they have this rift between the Shias and the Sunnis. And what do we have going on between Iraq and Syria to make matters even worse? Because we've got the Shia elements obviously had helped the Western-backed coalitions deal with ISIS inside of Mosul. But, you know, of course, they want to turn around and stab them in the back now. And we still have the same thing being set up in Syria as we speak, where we have these, once again, the Shiite elements that of people that are grouped with Iran setting up bases of operation in there aligned with the Assad regime. And then we have the other flip side, Russia, China, North Korea, Central Asia. Has anybody stopped to even consider for a moment that, as I stated, it's in broad daylight. You can look into this Pakistani nuclear scientist. You can look into even some of the very documentaries out there you can find on it. Uh, one of the main uh, intelligence operatives was ticked off because he's going, we know this guy is walking around handing out nuclear secrets. Then they go and fire me because I'm actually reporting on it, and they continue to allow it to happen. Hasn't anybody put two and two together that this threat with North Korea has intentionally been created to, I don't know. I mean, what happens if America actually attacks North Korea? Does everybody think Russia and China is just going to sit back and play nice with this? Because that doesn't really make sense. You've got North Korea's bordering on both of them. That gives them wide access, a wide open access door right into Central Asia. This threat alone would cause one front in this war, while at the same time they throw sanctions on Russia, sanctions on Iran, and sanctions on North Korea. I mean, these sanctions, the whole purpose is here is to, well, it causes economic chaos leads towards inflation now they've ticked off some of the different European nations most namely Germany and some of the other groupings through the Balkans there and this seems to be the way America wants to play this little diplomacy game at the moment they just keep throwing out you know random random little sticks of dynamite into the mix is causing complete and absolute chaos, yet when you understand the tactics, you understand the history behind it, you can see this is just nothing more than a reemergence of these same patterns. Go from World War One, World War Two. pay careful attention to the history involved, you start seeing that this is nothing new for the new world. They've been doing this for a while. And it's all about them having an absolute and complete, you know, one word used for it is a hegemony. Absolute control over the rest of the world. What currency is the standard currency now for the entire world? It is the United States dollar. 
You know, and we've got ideas floating around out there that we may have this, you know, this infamous one world currency. But, folks, we're already using everything is based off the dollar. So just maybe that's already in place. I don't know. May it change coming up in here in the future? It could. But there's already something in place that has been used for some time now as that one world currency. You know, let's consider for a moment what's happening in the United States this week. I'm not even certain that people have actually noticed what's went down. We had three new assignments to major positions within the United States government. Folks, do you not comprehend the Night of Long Knives? Because we've had corporate entities, they've slid these people into place. Now, we have a bit of a wild card here. We have John Kelly, who was put in as the... Oh, what in the world is this guy again? Well, he uh, replaced Priebus. Okay, he's uh, obviously he's got a very extensive military record. And who else do we have thrown in place here? Because, let's see, we had good old uh, Sean Spicer, everybody's favorite Saturday Night Live star. Step down. I'm sorry. I had to make the entertainment comment because that's all the media has turned this whole thing into is nothing but entertainment because that's what they do. Rents, let's see here. We had this guy that they referred to as the Mooch, Scaramucci, brought in as the new speaker. And, well, his connections go back to the same little group. And who else did we have come in here? Because we had an infamous, uh, come on. Sorry, folks, I've got about 100 web pages over here, and that's not really doing me any good. Now, this one is the one that concerned me the most, though. Because they like to play their doublespeak uh, play on words here, folks. Trump taps Kansas government governor Sam Brownback as religious freedom envoy. Okay, folks, do yourself a favor and look into this boy, because you'll notice they bring up theocrat concerning him. And what they're trying to institute, nobody's taken note of the fact that the only religion that they claim is to have freedom is their twisted, sadistic um, interpretation of crusaderism over the top of everybody because anything else out there, they're just eradicating. And now they brought this, uh, well, I don't know what else to call him because you look at his record, psychopath in as the religious freedom envoy. It's a nice little Rolling Stone article up about this guy called, seriously, what's the matter with Kansas? And oh boy, man, oh man, they came in and just absolutely took everything down matter of fact one of the first laws he passed is that everybody can carry concealed weapons even inside of public institutions teachers instead of having 
in the schools instead of having some kind of security so that they can actually check if people are coming in with guns. They just said, oh, teachers, you can now carry concealed weapons on. As a matter of fact, they can have concealed weapons inside of courtrooms. It didn't stop there. But this is only another phase within something else where they had begun some very disturbing movements. Because we keep seeing politician after politician being thrown into place that's bought and paid for by these infamous Koch brothers who they got their money through their father for giving the refining technology first to the Bolsheviks. He raked in a whole bunch of money. Then he turned around and gave that same refining technology right to Hitler, and they made a boatload of money through that. And now these boys are in the background pretty much taking over the government in broad daylight if people are paying attention. Yet nobody does a thing. And how did they get to pull this off? We had come into place, we had a law that was passed. Let me see, it was decided on January 21st of 2010. Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission. And what this essentially allowed was that they said, well, corporations have the same right as citizens. Therefore, they can put as much money and buy out candidates as much as they want and get away with it. And, of course, a few of the Supreme Court judges, well, it turned out they were on the Koch brothers' payroll. So the group aligned with them is known as Americans for Prosperity. You can go in and look at them, too. And this is the irony in this. I mean, let's see here. Here's a little just brief synopsis that somebody came up with and kind of pointed these things out. When Trump said that he would drain the swamp, we all thought he meant to get rid of corruption in Washington, which we all deplore. But it turns out that he meant get rid of as much of the government as possible. Wow, man, this was written back in April. His folks are doing a great job. The EPA has fired most of its scientists. The Department of Education wants to undermine public education. The State Department is in disarray. Senior positions unfiled and a policy that three career servants must leave before one is hired. Draining the swamp meant to heck with environmental regulation, health and safety regulation, financial industry regulation, any regulation. This is the political agenda established by the Koch brothers and their billionaire buddies. They pour millions and millions of dollars into the political system in order to achieve their policy goals. They don't want taxes. So they don't want social programs that help people like Medicaid, food stamps, housing assistance, etc. They do not want the wrong people voting, as they may elect legislators with a progressive agenda. So they have funded the implementation of various voter suppression methods like gerrymandering restrictive voter ID laws and the election of officials who will make it difficult for students and minorities to vote by putting very few polling places 
in minority areas and not accepting student IDs and so forth. So that gives you a little synopsis of what they're doing. Now, as we've had the new budget that they're trying to slam through and all the other little tidbits and odds and ends, folks, you need to realize that the new budget is basically completely written by the Koch brothers. They're getting implemented every single thing that they want done, and nobody is doing a thing to stop them. Everything is being gutted in broad daylight. And yet, how many people are still out there fixating on the whole Russian scandal and don't realize what's been done behind the scenes? You don't realize how many different things they've already just completely nuked and removed from the equation in the United States government? Why is none of this stuff being talked about out there in the open? You can go over to the very government websites and you can find out in broad daylight what they've done. You know, I I find it interesting that the first place that they decided that they were going to test to see if they could actually take down an entire governing body and get it to do its will, well, this is the one moment that caused the most controversy with myself and the biggest full-blown confrontation with those people around here that I would rather prefer to refer to them as crusaders because that's what they are was when they pulled it on Wisconsin with Scott Walker and all the nonsense that happened here. Now, I know teachers that got nailed by all these union cuts. They couldn't even work as teachers any longer. They had to go find work elsewhere. They did this right in broad daylight in Wisconsin. Then they moved out to the Midwest and started hitting other spots, doing the same thing. See, I got to see firsthand what they were doing. I just don't understand why nobody else realizes what's happening. What else have we had happen over the course of this week here? Let's talk about the Middle East. Now, we already know that, once again, they've begun the mega saber rattling with Iran, which is, that's leading nowhere good quite fast. Temple Mount. Well, they at least were able to get the magnometers removed. But about two, three days ago, came out in Israeli national news that they had to surround the entirety of Jerusalem with security forces because they already knew that massive riots were coming. And guess what? Those riots happened. There's still continuing reports that were coming out last night as to all the massive events that had been breaking out. We had the warning come out of the Arab League stating, what have you, what are you guys doing there? Because you started a religious war, or to more simply state it, a holy war. And we've had how many of our diplomats from the old uh, New World over in Israel as of late? Didn't they come into office saying they wanted to start a crusade? I mean, they said it in broad daylight. Now there's been a holy war initiated over Alaska Mosque, over the Dome of the Rock, over the Temple Mount. Is this coincidence or somebody planned this ahead of time? We have strange going on as far as 
this uh, land deals taking place. I have an interesting little article here. Yesterday, civil administration helping Palestine take over Jordan Valley. All kinds of warring going on, but in between the different governmental positions inside of Israel, and we have strange stories floating out that Netanyahu's made behind-the-scenes deals to give away part of the 67 borders in trade for other spots within Judea and Samaria. I mean, I see trouble brewing, something fierce here. I think by every stretch of the imagination. I see that this uh, New World administration has definitely got their hands knee-deep in the midst of causing massive, massive explosions worldwide in tandem with a whole lot of other forces in the midst of it. You see... Here's always the big problem is when when knuckleheads come in and they try to institute policies over other groups of people, you know, they can try to contain that kind of chaos, but it's always in one way or the other. It's going to blow up in your face. Guess that's why the Ten Kings step in and remove the new world from the equation. Stuff is going to continue to keep building. It's going to continue and continue to keep getting worse like we're seeing on a nonstop basis. Start strolling through the news and start looking at South America, for instance. Absolute and complete chaos. We can say the same about how many different places throughout the world. As we can see, they're already getting ready to cause trouble with North Korea. They're playing with fire with Iran throwing sanctions just every which way, massive sanctions on Russia now that's completely stirred up parts of the Balkans, parts of Europe. You've got Russia kicking diplomats out. We've got a mega mess. And this is not going anywhere good. No matter where you look, you're seeing chaos. You look inside of the government here in the United States, well, they just start appointing all new politicians to make sure that their sadistic new little plan through the Koch brothers is completely passed through. Somehow, I would have to say that whole plan applies to the rest of the situation, too. I don't know. It's kind of bothersome to me when you keep tracing where the money came from that these big, big political uh, backed folks, especially in our government as we speak, where it came from, because I know where they got their fortunes from. This ain't good, folks. And it's getting so ugly, it's ridiculous. And yes, we may what have appears to be maybe a slow boil, but that's just it. You need to pay attention to all these little diplomatic odds and ends that are happening so that you can see what's coming next. And they've already initiated some of the biggest factors with this bill that's about to be signed in. 
coming up here with these sanctions. Oh, boy. I, to a degree, I don't know. I touched on what I think I need to touch on, and I'm sure there's other stuff that has to come up, but we can bounce now again like we've been doing for this last portion here. Well, I think all three of us agree that the direction we're going is going to take us dead into the dire straits. I mean, we're heading right for the rocks without a lighthouse, no matter which way you look at it. Um, But I did want to bring something else up. But we need to get Clinton's comments or thoughts uh, up to current location because I did my spill, then you did your spill. So uh, let's get Clinton's take on these matters. Well, one other thing with uh, the Koch brothers, I mean, they, they were in trouble in the 80s for price fixing the silver market. So so they've been at this for quite a while. And, and so orchestrating events on this level um, is not uncommon for them. Um, and it's, it's not uncommon for people, you know, individuals on that level. Um, we have a major issue, not only in the United States, but it's turning into a global issue to where we have um, a small minority of people that own numerous companies that allow them to have a monopoly in certain industries. And, and what I mean for that is one example that, that I was given is, you know, there's an individual um, that is in the uh, vision uh, industry, you know, making glasses. Um, that, that individual owns the stores that sell the glasses. They own the stores that certify the doctors. They own the um, manufacturing that makes the glasses and the you know, frames. Um, they have every aspect of that industry they own. So in an essence, they have a monopoly in that industry. So, so that is happening on numerous different industries. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's just showing how um, consolidated the power is on that level. And I, I think, you know, Brian hit on that quite a bit, just showing, you know, who is pulling the strings and, and who behind the scenes is truly making events happen. Um, you know, I think we've shown through numerous episodes how, you know, economics, you can manipulate people's uh, interactions with each other. And South America is a great example of that. Uh, Brazil just, uh, I think it was some, I think it was 22,000 troops they deployed um, because of the unrest. Um, you know, we know that Venezuela is in chaos and, and the bordering countries are worried because the Venezuelans are leaving to go into their countries to find food. So South America is in chaos. Mexico is having an issue with all the migrants from South America trying to come up into Mexico. So, you know, they, you know, have already built a wall on their Southern border. Um, so, so we know that that's just growing as well. And everything that's happening in Israel, um, we, we know that Jerusalem's going to be a burdensome stone. And we see that happening right now. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of disturbing to, to see. 
um, you know, I, I always envisioned watching all this unfold and it's unfolding at a speed that is insane. Um, I, you know, just preparing for the show, I'm looking at articles on Monday and by the time Friday comes rolling around, those articles were obsolete. They're not even valid anymore. Um, that's how fast the, the news is, is turning over. That's how fast the information is turning over. And, and I, I just think it's going to just continue to, to grow and, and move even more rapidly as things approach. Well, as far as the Koch brothers and other infamous people we've talked about, I was talking about this on the social networking site today, as a matter of fact. You know, we have this strange, all-powerful politician that went over and talked to the Chinese for another POTUS different time, different age. I want to direct everybody to this. Um, I think I spoke about this on one of the broadcasts this week, maybe, but I also talked about it lightly on um, social networking site. The simple fact that in Isaiah chapter 28, twice mentions the mercenaries of Ephraim. This word is misthetos in the Greek you know it from John chapter 10. It's hirelings. These people that Brian has pointed out, you can absolutely prove with government documents, by the way, that Jews were being paid to take their part in butchering other Jews. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that, that word is there in the Septuagint for a reason. These mercenaries of Ephraim, that's what Isaiah chapter 28 is about. Let me read to you uh, John chapter 10, uh, 12 and 13. Well, I'll, I'll read both of them together so that you understand why Brian was so surprised uh, when he found this. He goes, wait a minute. These were Jews working with the Nazis. Well… This is how the Thompson words John at chapter 10, 12, and 13 that uses the exact same word as what Thompson itself translates in Isaiah 28 to be mercenaries. But the hireling who is not and to whom the sheep do not belong, when he seeth the wolf coming, leaveth the sheep and Leeth, and the wolf seizes some and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Now, I want you all to know that what was quoted there in 12, that, ladies and gentlemen, was a lot of you's favorite word. Not going to mention it. I don't have to. You all know what I'm referring to. That's G726, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say that one more time. I'm sorry this is the case. I truly am. But that is G726. G726. 
So I strongly suggest that you all go check out my new page, and uh, you might want to look over it, or you know, if you find a good topic for discussion, which I'm about ready to throw into the mix. And I do apologize for my earlier choice of English words concerning the present POTUS. As a matter of fact, if I was to go back in time to the beloved saints who raised me and taught me what was right, I assure you that Sister Bruner would have stuck a bar of my soap uh, in my mouth. She would have made me take the bar of soap and stick it in my own mouth. She wouldn't have done it herself. If she would have heard me using that type of language in public, well, privately she probably just would have smacked me upside the head. So I apologize for uh, the rude uh, words that I used in reference to this present POTUS. But anyway, uh, there's something I need to throw in here because this is real because Brian and I have warned all of you to be on the lookout for this. This was published July 29th um, in the Chicago Tribune in the Daily Southtown portion headline. Chicago's Mothman stories are good paranormal entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just read a little bit from here. Um, more than 20 reports since April of a winged humanoid spotted in Chicago are drawing comparisons to the Mothman legend. Journalist and UFO researcher John Keel wrote the 1975 book The Mothman Prophecies, which was made into a 2002 movie starring Richard Gere and Laura Lenny. Goes on to describe that it's his, and I quote from the article, I believe the witnesses are seeing something because the descriptions don't compare exactly. I think there could be at least two or three different beings. Why am I bringing this up? Because we've warned you to watch for paranormal activity. So I go to other resources. Now, I find it very strange that in Ohio, in Broadville Heights, six times this month, there have been reported uh, – well, you have to describe these as UFOs, lights in the sky, very strange things happening in Ohio. I'm going to read one of these testimonies because it packs a punch. On July 4th, a husband and wife were watching fireworks light up the night sky. While sitting outside, the wife spotted a dark two-dimensional oval object gliding from right to left. There were no fireworks in the sky at the time and no sound of fireworks. The object had no lights and emitted no sound. It did not have edges, the woman said like a bird or an aircraft. It simply glided above the tree line until out of our sight. The account reads, My husband is a former Air Force who worked on fighter jets and is very knowledgeable of aircraft, and he has no idea what he saw. Now, it is concerning to me that just in Ohio, there have been 67 of these reports. Now, a lot of them can be readily discredited, but 
as I looked over the list and checked the documentation, there is more than a few that is obviously quite creditable from credible sources. So, ladies and gentlemen, maybe all of you should keep a lookout this week for paranormal activity. Everybody is under the opinion that uh, whatever shape or form of entity that's being seen in Chicago, like I said, 20 reports since April, everybody agrees, and some of these uh, reports, well, they, they, they kind of mimic each other. Let me read once more from this article from the Chicago Tribune. Some people who claim to have seen a creature in Chicago recently reported it had glowing red eyes, and they felt a sense of dread when they saw it. Now, let's key in on that. They did not freak out. They did not run away yelling and screaming. Instead, this entity instilled a sense of dread upon them. That sets off alarms. Keep your eyes out for paranormal activity because I think it's going to increase. It's going to get to the point where they're not going to be able to stop this. I mean, I'm pretty sure that eventually, especially on weather-related live news coverage, we might start seeing things turn up in the background of the storms <clears throat> that nobody's expecting to see. That's when they can be caught off guard. You know, it reminds me of Mr. Cantori when the hurricane was going on. Instances like that, I think, will start seeing objects in the background that can't be stopped because it's live coverage of a weather event. And it'll be so quick, the editors won't catch it in time. You know, that infamous, what is it, six-second delay or something like that. I do apologize uh, once again, for my references uh, of an unsavory nature toward the POTUS. However, my opinion stands. So I am sorry uh, about the language that I used, but make no mistakes. Most of the people that the church today support… They only support those people because they haven't went and followed proper procedure and looked up the voting record and caught these people being paid to vote pro-godlessness. They voted pro-wickedness. And ladies and gentlemen, the present POTUS is not special, not by any stretch of the imagination. Personally, I think that 
the last POTUS we had with the moral compass. was murdered by his own government. Since then, they've all followed in lock and step because they better do it. Because they don't have a problem. Touting the president's wife. You know, it reminds me of uh, the different issues that the different presidential wives have had. Like Nancy Reagan, she had this uh, particular group that you know she promoted and all that. They're all the same. But this president is particularly beautiful and it's common knowledge, kind of like, well, Jacqueline. And like I said, we've had multiple times people that have presidents, POTUSes that have come against them and said, hey, we're going to start uh, ordering the treasury to start printing our own Currency. Both of them got their brains put on their wife's dress publicly. So Clinton, your uh, final thoughts, please. You know, everyone, it's always a pleasure to be on here. And uh, thank you so much for your support. Um, you know, I mean, we, we have so many different things to watch um, as things are unfolding. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is just continue to watch um, as as you, uh, <laughs> you know, I always have the conversation. It's like how deep uh, in the rabbit hole do you want to go? Uh, and, and as long as you continue to watch and you continue to see um, the the truth just keeps unfolding itself for you. And, and you start to see more of the wonder of God, the mystery of God being revealed. And it's fascinating. It's exciting. You know, Matthew talked about the, the supernatural that uh, um, is going to show its face. And, and yeah, that's kind of scary prospect to have. But you can't forget the power that, that we have as well. And, you know, no power will be created that, that will prosper against us. So, Remember what we have. Remember who is our Savior, who is our Lord, and and uh, you know just make sure you watch. Brian, your closing thoughts, please. <clears throat> well, it's going to touch on a couple of topics here. I think it needs to be sort of amplified in everybody's minds quickly here that the infamous robber baron, oil barons are massively in the mix in all that we once again, especially within the United States, see happening. You see, they made all their money off oil. These barons have their own tendency to have their own intelligence networks, not to even mention that most of your high-ranking, for instance, whatever intelligence branch that may be, be it CIA, be it whatever branch, there's only about 50,000 of them that are all fractured, fragmented, they always have their own key players in place. Okay, our newest uh, CIA head, by the way, he's bought and paid for by the Koch brothers again. All right, when every single time here, when you've got these barons in the equation that start running the show and they've 
basically always use the uh, right wing or even a nice term terminology, I guess, is far right to carry out what they're going to do. And when they do this, they always have Israel in their target. Meaning they have no good intentions whatsoever for the people of Israel, for the Jewish people, for even the everyday regular Palestinian Arabian people that are living there in that nation as well. It doesn't matter who gets in their way. And that kind of takes everything up to a whole new level once you start understanding the reality of how they play this game, which is disgusting. But nonetheless, I thought it was kind of important to touch on another topic here because you brought up hirelings and Ephraim. I wanted to point out maybe a couple of factors here. For instance, how is it that Jews and a few of them, it's actually a fairly small number, have gotten themselves involved with, with Nazi agendas? Well, it goes back to Cain and Abel. It's very simple. They put their own prospering above their own fellow race. And that's you can see this as clear as day with Kissinger. Soros is a very complex, sort of strange study as far as maybe, you know, you could say psychological and so forth. It's it's hard to really wrap your mind around what's going on with that boy. It's it, it's a strange one. And folks, just look into it on your own. You'll get what I'm saying. But once again, this is all about obtaining wealth for themselves and not caring about whomever else, be it your own race, etc. And how many, you know, folks, how many white people stab each other in the back continually for money? How many... Yeah, you know, there's no real simple, or I mean no real complicated thing into understanding this. And it's actually quite a simple premise. But I wanted to go back on that hirelings thing because you did hit something important. And I got to point out the Pashtun, though. Because what you said about hirelings and the Pashtun, well, some of the Mujahideen who were hired as mercenaries, well, they also ended up later in history becoming known as the Taliban, Taliban working through Pakistan, etc. I'll just, I'll post a nice little simple article about, about this up on my Twitter and throw it on the website for people to see. But I, I thought that was rather ironic, Matthew, that you brought that up. And that's actually because we've already covered in a past program that they found out genetically speaking that the pa- there's a group of the Pashtun in Pakistan that is directly genetically the descendants of Ephraim. So that, to me, when you read that, I was like, wow, that is a rather illuminating thing within the Bible to point out this whole area, which is a major spot of contention in the world as we speak. Pakistan, India, Afghanistan, that whole area is getting hot. And let us not forget about the southern border there, because that brings you up into Iran. The supernatural. Oh, boy. We've talked about Babylon. Everybody go over and take a look at Revelation 18. I'll leave it there and let you go in, Matthew. Well, Brian, about the Pashtun, um, Ephraim, and Mythos. Now, this is the same old, same old, ladies and gentlemen. Um, History's just catching up with the Bible. 
I think I mentioned it last night. Science is just catching up with the Bible, just like Jacques Cousteau when he found out uh, in his submarine that there were rivers inside the ocean that you could get in and travel on. Of course, the Nazi U-boat commanders used this to maximum effect. But this is just another example um, you know, of the facts catching up with the Bible. Um, you know, when you said that, it just shocked me. I just realized, oh my goodness, we'd covered this before, and 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 well, I just don't know what to say. I mean, like with everything I've spoken uh, since I was a teenager about that the scripture must be the only answer to these questions. And of course I got in trouble for quoting secular science in church, but I argued that the Bible was talking about planetary migration, and I hate to rent on everybody's party. Uh, NASA has just recently, uh, since uh, 2011, caught up with the Bible. So it shouldn't surprise anybody that Brian and I has been talking about the been talking about Pakistan, that area, especially that area. Um, we've talked about the Pashtun, yada yada yada. Brian gets a hold of the genetic research, starts mapping it out, and now tonight I just cover a word concerning something else, and I wind up looking like. Well, a stooge. How couldn't I have put that two and two together? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I knew exactly what Isaiah 28 said in the Greek. Uh, let's see, uh, eight or nine. I was writing this chapter in the Greek longhand. So, uh, you know, that just that just makes me. I mean a laughing stock as far as I'm concerned. How couldn't I have seen that? How can I have put two and two and two and two and two together by now? But honestly, um, especially this powerful one that we've been talking about that was sent by our government to talk to the Chinese government, um, you know, I never knew that uh, he had Jewish ties with very bad people. I had no idea. So we're not perfect. Not Clinton, not Brian, and certainly not I. But we are here to edify. So I do apologize for my language. I do apologize for my emotional outburst. But uh, it is no secret uh, the way both godlessness and wickedness. And it just gets worse and worse as I get older and older. But I must remember that mercy doth outweigh judgment. You know, that, that brings me to mind something else. When I was driving to pick up my son from work, I skipped some of the episodes because I was listening to the third one 
but uh, he just released another one over there on Bullet Points on uh, YouTube. Uh, and let me say this. You know, um, where there is forgiveness, there is mercy. And make no mistakes about it. In the midst of mercy, blessing will always be cultivated. So, ladies and gentlemen, I strongly go suggest you go over to uh, Bullet Points. Let me bring it up. I'll bring up history real quick. Should be able to find it pretty quick in my history. So I can tell you the most recent one, so make sure you find it. Yes, it is called Double Tap. It's bullet points number eight. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Now, I haven't had a chance to listen to uh, uh, four through seven, but I'm going to. Uh, today I was busy trying to translate a couple of verses in Hebrew uh, for people overseas, uh, a couple of groups overseas. So it's going to take me a while to... Uh, to catch those up, but so far it's been impeccable information. Uh, impeccable. Absolutely uh, 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 astonishing uh, the thoroughness uh, that has been presented so far in that series. So I need to remember that, that mercy outweighs judgment. And I need to check myself whenever I'm talking about, you know, um, well, especially the government, but it reminds me of. Uh, the Young Guns movie, you know, lawyers, politicians, scumbags, or something like that. I can't remember the exact the exact words, but that's not proper for a man who is God fearing, Bible believing, and gospel preaching. That's that shouldn't be used. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with that, uh, keep your eyes out for more in uh, time tribunes. Off of the news edition, so these will just be editorials you can consider. Uh, if anybody out there would like to uh, get their program on the End Time Tribune, because that's why this was set up as a, a news agency, there should be different columns. So if you'd like to have your own show on the End Time Tribune, please uh, send us uh, a pre recorded show so we can check it out. Uh, send me the link to your webpage. I need to be able to check uh, what you believe and where you stand on all the big issues, and uh, we can get you on here. And you know what? Uh, for free. Yeah. How's that sound? For free. I'm not here to peddle anything. I'm here to try to convince you that the Bible is God. I'm here to show you exactly what come out of his mouth. Out of one side was Hebrew, and out of the other side was Greek. And you can take that to the bank, lock, stock, and barrel. Send the word out there. If you know of any good broadcast, uh, be happy to do that. Uh, it won't be a live show. Uh, I can't do that, but if you if they send me a pre-record, I will put it up on the uh, In Time Tribune. It will go out to our iTunes feed, which just has uh, – I mean, well – 
just <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even want to talk about it. It's kind of I just just blows me away when I look at those numbers. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, it is ClintonCoWatch.com. It is OverAttentionShow.com. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, by all means, God bless. Godspeed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.